There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's it's good. We're running behind, but that's all right. It's totally fine. We have awesome guests lined up today for our oh, listeners. Yeah. And we're really excited to bring to you all. We have Corey and Maul, and we have Chris Morford. They are the gentlemen that were on the Curse of Oak Island, the theorist that presented an, uh, a special uh, theory about Nicholas Poussin, right? Yes. And we've been, you know, ever since that episode, dying to talk to them, dive a little deeper. We know we only get to see a couple minutes of what's probably hours in the war room. Yes. So a little, our own little war room here. Yeah. Right. So welcome you guys. And uh, yeah, welcome to Could It Be. Okay. Make room, not war. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you, DJ Dustin. Thanks for having us here. Appreciate yeah, no it. Problem. No. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. We're just we're really happy that you agreed to chat with us and right. that we could learn more about your guys' theory. It was such a a big focal point of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, usually they don't um, like they have a theory come on or theorists come on to the show. They might do a little bit of research or a little bit of uh, following up, mm-hmm. but then we usually see it go away. Your guys' theory is pretty special because they, you know. It kept they, coming they, up. Yeah, you guys were on, uh, or Corian was on two episodes of mm-hmm. the show. And then, um, so episode eight and nine, I believe, mm-hmm. of season seven. And uh, Chris was on season or episode nine. And then they kept bringing you guys up throughout the season, like your guys' theory. And that's not typical with the show. So mm-hmm. congratulations on that. You must have struck a real chord. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We we're pretty happy about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure after all the research you put in, you really hope that the nail on the head or the swamp or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to um, uh, the theory in a moment, but I just want to say about, I don't know, I think you guys really struck a chord with Marty in particular because uh, he's never excited about anything that has to do with the swamp, and you guys got him excited about the swamp, I think. So congratulations on that. <laughs> That is true. All right. So um, you guys, uh, your episode aired back in January. It must have seemed like a lifetime ago at this point. Definitely. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of uh, crazy stuff going on in the world since now and then. And it feels like many lifetimes. But um, yeah, so in that episode, they were working in the bump out in Smith's Cove, you know, so that tells us how long ago it was. Cause that's that really like as viewers, that seems like forever ago because they've removed the bump out or they've removed the whole coffer dam in Smith's Cove. But uh, then they met with you guys in the war room. And uh, you know, before we go into that, did you get guys get a tour of the Island or anything? Uh, Corian, or should I jump in? Just go. Either way, it's totally fine. <laughs> uh, it, yes, we did. Uh, Doug Crowell, took us around and uh, he was the ultimate uh, tour guide for us. I think the guy is so knowledgeable about everything on the island. And uh, yeah, he took us firsthand to all the sites and uh, gave us all the history and and all the backstories. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. What a great guy and and nice of him to lend all that time and and take us all around. We're very excited about that. It's one thing to see it on TV and then, to actually be standing at those at those places it's it's, it's quite exciting 
it was great and he's, he's a great driver you know they don't exactly have a motorway so my kidneys were about uh, here and there but uh, <laughs> it, it was it was very very special that's cool. That's so you got to you get to go and visit each of the uh, stones of Nolan's Cross. I'd probably assume. Yeah, it was the the stones of Nolan's mm -hmm. Cross. Uh, we went to Smith's Cove. Um, uh, did a very uh, short tour of the Money Pit, but uh, they were filming there at the time, so we had to stay out of the picture. Mm -hmm. um, that, that that's something you never see on telly, but there's sort of a really a craft of everybody uh, staying out of uh, the way of the camera. Mm -hmm. uh, which is which is quite difficult with so many people are doing stuff on the island and so many cameras around, but mm -hmm. they uh, yeah they're quite efficient there. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't really think about that. No, for for such a small island, there's so much activity going on everywhere you look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no stone unturned. No, <laughs> and those stones were were much bigger than I imagined. So. <laughs> yeah, they're actually huge. Huh? They look pretty big, but uh, yeah, you don't probably get a real good perspective unless you're standing right next to it. So that's pretty cool. But they are actually huge. They are actually huge. Mm -hmm. Elephant yeah. size. Yeah. <laughs> now that's some perspective. Elephant. Mm -hmm. Now I can just mm -hmm. picture like an elephant sitting <laughs> in each yeah. of the points. Yeah, so like good. a baby elephant island. Maybe. <laughs> baby elephant yeah. island. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was cool. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so when did you guys first hear about Oak Island and this epic treasure hunt? Oh, that's a long time ago. I, I, I'm, I was more of a Renly Chateau guy. You know, there's a mystery of Renly Chateau, which is the mystery behind uh, Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was interested uh, in that for a very long time and I think from 12-15 years ago I came across Oak Island on some forum and never really never really paid any attention to it because I thought it was uh, unlikely you know Templars in America treasure you know another treasure story cool but uh, and then uh, the series came on uh, which which I watched which which was cool but uh, but still didn't pay uh, uh, too much attention uh, you know, until they approached me uh, about Pusa. Also, they approached you guys. I mean, you guys didn't uh, send them a email saying, "Hey, we have this cool theory that could be something you guys could use." Or, no, I didn't. Oh, oh, wow. No, I got uh, a mail. Uh, well, Chris has his own story, but I, I got a mail uh, before the summer last year uh, uh, from uh, someone from Prometheus. If I knew something about Poussin, because uh, um, he uh, had popped up in a number of theories and they wanted to check a number of things. So at the time, I had no idea this was the Curse of Oak Island. So uh, I talked to, uh, I think, a production assistant and, uh, and the director uh, to, to, to give my views. And they, uh, they asked me, you know, would it be possible uh, you develop uh, a theory or see if there could be any connection uh, between Poussin's works uh, and the island? And then they asked me to uh, present that. And then when the camera opened, I was in the Oak Island war room with uh, with half the crew there, mm -hmm. uh, which was apparently an addition, audition. And a couple of days later, I was on the island. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that was pretty crazy. Wow. Actually, Corey and I did not know each other before we met on the island. No. Wait, oh. what? So, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this this so, feels no. really backwards from what i anticipated 
Yeah, that's really neat, though. Brought you guys. Well, give, him, give him the story, there, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to hear yeah. it. Well, um, well, how, how I found out about Oak Island was probably in the uh, the In Search of TV show with Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that was back in the late seventies, but I probably saw a rerun. I'm probably, I don't think I'm that old, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. But um, <laughs> kind of funny. It started with uh, Spock and ended up with. Uh, Captain Kirk, you know, Luke Long, yes, and um, so yeah, Corin got an invite, which was nice. I I took the, uh, I guess, more traditional route. Um, Again, I was not too deeply involved in in the Curse of Oak Island, um, but I did happen to meet Chris Dona uh, in an online forum, and he was on season six episode 21 he's mm-hmm. an, uh, an astronomer who's got some great theories and um, he mentioned it to me uh, and, and, and said have you, are you watching the show are you interested in it um, we were posting similar things online and we, we liked each other's ideas so um, I really got into it at that point and, and uh, put my own theory together and, and Mr. Dono was a great sounding board and I, I said, I think maybe I've got something here. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, send it in. You know, and then I just went on the, uh, the website and sent the theory in, thinking that would be the end of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a week later, I got an email from Doug. And he said, could you send me the full, the full theory? I said, sure. And uh, after that, a production assistant got in touch with me and, and said, would you fly on up? And... Um, I guess uh, my theory does involve Poisson as well, and it overlapped with some of Corian's research. Mm-hmm. So they had the idea of bringing us together and saying, uh, you know, you, you guys seem to overlap on these points and agree on some things. Why don't you put your heads together while you're up here and uh, see what you can come up with. We'll show you around and uh, we'll have a little round table and uh, see if you can work together. So. That's exactly wow. what we did, and I'm very happy for it. I made a great friend out of it and a, cool. a great research uh, partner here. Yeah, it was amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's funny, the stuff that you see in episode nine is actually what we, you know, it's, it's a work that we did together on the island. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've been uh, working together uh, you know, something like 24 uh, seven ever since. Mm-hmm. And we're still working yeah. with Chris Dona, who's a fantastic guy, fantastic yeah. researcher. Uh, and we're, you know, we 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 found that we're completely mm-hmm. complementary in what we do and what we know. Uh, so yeah, it's been a f- fantastic experience. And that's fun. That's fun to hear. Like uh, from a viewer's perspective, I thought you guys were just like a tag team for a long time. Yeah, seriously. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it did come across that way, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but now you guys brought your, you know, with your powers combined, right? Yes. You guys, mm-hmm. are, you guys really pinpoint a lot of this stuff. So um, yeah. yeah, really neat. Really neat. It's just, it's definitely backwards from what I expected to hear. I mean, oh, I was like, what do you mean you didn't just like take this linear path and end up there? And it, like you said, it's got to be a big surprise to you when someone gets back to you a week later or, <laughs> oh, hey, I mean, you figure you're not actually going to hear from anybody. Yeah, would you like to come to Nova yeah. Scotia next yeah. week? Yes, it, it was just like that. Yeah. First they said, uh, 
come at the end of the month and then they said actually can you do it next week and, <laughs> uh yeah i guess <laughs> that's fun note to sell i'm gonna to get a gather a theory so that's the quickest way to get me to know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It requires a lot of work. I know. You can't do it overnight, okay? I'm so. just I'm joining their team. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm doing whatever it takes. You know, I'm all about the art of negotiation here. So, speaking of art, okay, yes. You know, the, nice segue there. Yeah, there you go. So we have uh, Nicholas Poussin. He's like uh, the centerpiece for your guys' theory, at least what was broadcast on the show. Yes. So who is he? And, uh, you know, like, and why, yeah, why, on. yeah, why, what even brought you to begin researching his art and his, uh, um, you know, like what brought it all together? Um, well, the easy answer is uh, because they asked me to, <laughs> um, Nicolas Poussin is a, or is the classical painter, mm -hmm. uh, 17th century. Um, he was a, a French guy, uh, even though he worked from, uh, from Rome in Italy, uh, most of his life especially later in his life. Uh, he's got a fantastic uh, style that you can see develop throughout his life. And mm -hmm. uh, the older he, he got and the more mature and experienced, uh, the better his symbology and his ge uh, geometry uh, uh, became. And, you know, the, the, the more powerful, the, you know, the, the saying power of his, uh, of his paintings. Mm -hmm. He was known to, uh, to use uh, uh, geometry in his paintings. Um, He's also, he figures uh, somewhere in the mystery around the chateau. So I knew that uh, a pentagram um, is behind the shepherds of Arcadia. That's not something that Chris or myself uh, found, but it's uh, something discovered by Professor Cornford of the Royal College of Art in London, I think in the end of the 80s or beginning of the, of the 90s. Mm. Um, and then when I started to research, I noticed that uh, Nova Scotia uh, was called Arcadia in 1525 by uh, Giovanni de Verrazzano. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then I started to, uh, to make the link. Yeah, it's just mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's funny when Deidre, like, because uh, you, you guys touched on on the show, and now I'm hearing you talk about him uh, using geometry in the paintings. Like, just looking at the paintings, I don't see it because, you know, I'm untrained, whatever. You know, I, I'm really not – like, I, li I like art, but I'm not an art person. Deidre is an art mm -hmm. person. She's, like, yeah, telling yeah. me all this stuff, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess. Like, I, I just don't see it because I'm not trained in that. You know, and you I'm wanna, not you wanna You want to do a little exercise, uh, Dustin? Mm -hmm. So if you, if you have Shepherds of Arcadia here. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm looking at it on my other screen now. Um, here we go. Yep. How many arms do you count? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Five arms. Keep going. Keep going. Is there more? What about the shadow? One. Oh, oh, the shadow. You yeah. should know better. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see the one on the shoulder with the from the. It's one. seven. Okay, seven. Sure. So what, what thing, what artifact, what world-famous religious Jewish artifact do you know that has seven arms? Uh, this, the, uh, I don't know what. <laughs> the Jewish artifact, the menorah? The menorah. Exactly right. Okay. There you go. Mm. So this is kind of like uh, some sort of like a representation of the menorah, like uh, symbolically maybe? It might be. I mean, uh, the, you can say a lot of things about this uh, 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 painting, um, but I guess you know the pentagram 
in combination with the uh, Arcadia, uh, with the menorah, you know, it certainly uh, makes you think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Chris, did you have anything you wanted to say about Poussin? Yeah, the way I integrated uh, Poussin into my research, I had heard of him also with the with the Renle Chateau mystery. Of course, I had read Holy Blood, Holy Grail books like that. Um, mm -hmm. I found it very interesting, very intriguing. I mm -hmm. uh, probably st stared at that painting on and off over the years, trying to uh, figure out exactly what he was trying to get across there. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my theory was based on the work of uh, Petter Munson. Mm. He's, he's been on the show. He's the uh, the researcher that overlaid the Tree of Life mm -hmm. onto, the, onto Nolan's cross. And yeah, a lot of uh, Sir Francis Bacon and Shakespeare. Um, so uh, one of his one of the places he's found a lot of clues was in a plaque that's hanging in the Holy Trinity Church in Stratford-upon-Avon. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a dedicatory plaque there to Shakespeare. And it's just full of ciphers and clues uh, that he has found. And mm -hmm. one of the things that, that I found in there was an anagram, which turned out to read et in arcos ego, very close to et in arcadia ego. Mm -hmm. And Arcos, I believe, was a reference not only to uh, Arctos, which is Ursa Minor, but also Arcus, who was a king of Arcadia at one point. So um, that made me realize that uh, there could be a link here uh, between that painting, because that is the slogan, which is in the middle, painted on the, the tomb. That's in Arcadia Ego. So I thought there was a clear reference going back to that painting, and uh, I took another look at it and tried to, and did my best to tie it all in. So that was my how I got to Poisson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, so we are we're actually looking at some of the uh, stuff that you sent uh, to us prior to this uh, uh, live stream, mm -hmm. and uh, like we have, uh, we're going to bring it up on the screen. What you're kind of talking about, how the um, what this could, the anagram here that you were mentioning so can you go ahead and bring that up yeah let's see so we, here so that the viewers can have a you know visual all right here we go so this okay. is what you were talking about yes that's uh okay cool jenny of soccer town uh there's quite a bit in the in the text before that but those mm -hmm. letters you can rearrange to read at in Arcos Ego. Let's see here. Are we, or should I start here? That'll be fine, sure. Okay. So this is the plaque that uh, has been hanging on near Shakespeare's grave mm. uh, since, since sometime after 1616. Uh, Petter Munson, brilliant researcher, he found the Bacon Pentagon that you see there. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. Mm -hmm. All right, and we've also discovered near the top and bottom there, LIV and LIV, cir uh, circled in yellow. Those are Roman numerals for 54. Yeah. Twice that equals 108, which is the angle of the pentagram. Ah, hmm. oh, yes, it, yes. If you look on the bottom right, you'll see a bunch of 
numbers about Shakespeare's death date. Mm-hmm. If you add those up, 16, 16, 53, 23, you also get 108. Mm. And it should be noted that uh, those numbers are not correct. His his oh. age at death was not was not uh, 53. No, um, it was intentionally a typo, if you want to call it that, <laughs> to get to get to that number. It's kind of like uh, when we saw on that Shakespeare special of the show, mm-hmm. it had uh, like some pages were missing out of his uh, complete yeah. works, right? And so, exactly. yeah, that's not something, exactly. uh, you know, like if, I don't know, like that would be extremely curious to anybody like reading through the book and seeing it suddenly jump from one number to another. So I can understand mm-hmm. the, uh, the appeal of uh, digging deeper into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you look at the top right there, Mm-hmm. The very first or the last word on the top right of the plaque, which is Maranem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Petra also discovered, or his one of his friends did, I forget which, but uh, if you read that backwards, it is Menorum. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is. Another reference to the, to the menorah. Wow. Um, I discovered the uh, bacon triangle. You might have another visual there there we go there it is thank you another okay. instance of sir francis bacon signing his name in this into this plaque mm-hmm. now wow. if you connect if you connect the c to the a and then the o to the b i think there's another mm-hmm. another visual we get across <laughs> which is which uh which i immediately sent to my friend chris dona <laughs> and said do you have a, a good picture of the island with Nolan's cross on it. And could you overlay this and check it out? Because that angle looks pretty familiar. And he did that. Wow. And it was spot on. He didn't (laughs) alter it. He did not alter it in any way. Um, That's what we got. So I was fairly convinced that uh, this plaque was starting to reference uh, Nolan's cross and the island. Mm -hmm. And if you... um, that's Should be good. another one with the uh, with the text at the top. There we go. Um, this is this the one? I think I so. Or is there? We also have this one. This is the one with the anagram in it, right? One more uh, showing oh. the uh, still showing the triangle. I think pointing upwards. Okay. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to take away from other stuff here, but. No, I, I'm. No, it's all I, good. I gotta know the thing. Okay, so that's the pentagram. Okay. And then yeah. I had that one, which we already saw. We yeah, have that's all I'm seeing. bacon. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting seeing that, like. Uh, oh, there you go. You could just stop there. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Can you no, go back one? Yes, I can. Yeah, if you're looking at that, though, and, and there you, you go. On a, a map of Oak Island where north is up, I mean, it looks exactly the same as the, yeah. the way that no one's crossing on the island. So that's pretty that's pretty impressive. So if you look at the top of the triangle here, it does point to the letter N. Yeah. If that's a compass, then that is north. Mm. If you continue reading backwards, the same way Menorum is spelled backwards, from that N, you get N-O-R, which is an acceptable... Uh, mm-hmm abbreviation of north just after that you have ame this north 
North right. America. Because we're looking at, if oh. we're going backwards, mm -hmm. we have there you go. Mm -hmm. Wow. So yeah, you've got North, North and AME for America. Mm -hmm. You've got, and then you've got the tram at Arcos, which is, the tram is the handle of Ursa, Ursa Major. Um, the handle of the Big Dipper, basically. Yeah. So these are now celestial clues, which are pointing to the island as well. I won't go into that. It's it's really, <laughs> uh, really involved. That's but really um, cool. mm -hmm. and one final thing about uh, the first word there, Marinam. If you were to split it into two words, Menno and Ram, and I think there's another slide. Mm -hmm. uh, and you use the simple cipher that Francis Bacon used, you will actually get the latitude of Oak Island. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing this. Sorry, guys, I'm going to make you seasick here. It's okay. um, I'm wearing my life vest. No worries. Yay! <laughs> Safety first. Okay, that is the. That's the cipher. Yeah. So okay. A is one, B is two, C is three. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind this is old English, and they only had twenty-four letters in their alphabet. There you are. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That would end up forty-four thirty, which is and the so, latitude of Oak Island. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I, and I, uh, I, and you have the north, so you know it's forty-four thirty north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, that was in one of our trivia questions uh, from a couple of weeks ago. We do a Oak Island trivia on Friday nights, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we did the latitude and longitude, and uh, yeah, that's that's impressive stuff. Yeah, and I like that. Initially, when I was kind of looking through these things, I assumed it was going to be related to uh, geometria mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the numbers that way versus the simple, like you said, the Bacon substitution cipher. Um, yeah. Just that's something we've seen going way back, but this very fascinating. Okay. Yeah, that's Thank okay. You. Yeah, we uh, we had studied some geometria for a treasure hunt that we do that we um, that we did, and um, it actually focused a lot on ancient Egyptian um, uh, usage. Of, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they use a lot of like sacred geometry, um, like uh, a lot of symbolism with uh, geometry and angles and stuff. So like. You know, Francis Bacon, if he's using that as well, or if uh, Poussin is using it, I mean, he, they have generations of precedents to um, get to that point of where, um, you know, like it's been used for thousands of years, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we Absolutely. know that Poussin was using this simple cipher too. If you, mm -hmm. if I may, uh, Chris, um, sure. please. Et in Arcadia Ego, if you mm -hmm. apply the simple substitution cipher with 24 letters, um, Arcadia is 36. The full sentence is 108, and the difference is 72. Uh, 36, 72, and 108 are the three corners in a pentagram. Okay. Um, so that's why that as well. Oh, do you? Okay. Do we? Oh. Pull that up. Oh, yeah. Here we go. That's the. Mm. Yeah, because I remember seeing. I like geometry a lot, so I was actually pretty stoked on this one. Um, yeah, that's yeah, pretty good. Like, yeah. yeah so that, if if you see that, you know, you know, the pentagram behind the painting is not coincidence. So mm -hmm. 
he deliberately constructed uh, this uh, this painting this way. If you look at x-rays of the picture, you can see that that he painted the staffs before he did the rest of the painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and at in Arcadia, ego is a sentence that people have been wondering about for centuries because it's sort of weird Latin. It says, even in Arcadia, I am, which mm-hmm. is said to uh, maybe refer to death even being there in the ideal uh, land of Arcadia. Um, but it might have been a way just to to combine Arcadia to a pentagram. And then if you know uh, the connection uh, uh, with the cipher, uh, the plaque, Arcadia, uh, and the other uh, painting that Poussin uh, created together with the first version of the Shepherds of Arcadia uh, that, uh, that uh, uh, perhaps you saw uh, uh, us explain uh, in episode eight, I think, where uh, the Gold River came up, then you have a latitude, you have a pentagram, you have a sentence with Arcadia, you have a Gold River, and then all of a sudden, you know, Rick asked me, could you make a plausible theory using elements from Poussin? And I remember my first, uh, my first answer was no, not in a million years. And then <laughs> when, I, when, when I started to, uh, uh, to research and go in it, it became, you know, more and more and more plausible, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for example, on the painting, uh, the lady here, uh, we think is Venus. Okay. Venus is one of only two planets who travels to the west instead of to the east. Uh, Venus travels in a pentagram pattern around the Earth uh, every Chris is the rain man here. He always knows the number. I never know the numbers. But in X, I think 384 days, something like that. Uh, something like that. But it, it will uh, align with the Earth. Venus and Earth will be aligned with the Sun in a straight line five times mm. at those exact five points of the pentagram. Yeah. And uh, the, exa- exactly. And uh, if you then know that Oak Island is, is on that latitude, it's uh, on the shore of a place that's called Western Shore in the west, at the, you know, in the mouth of the Gold River. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, at, if you have the painting and you know how to read it, you could come within two, three miles from the island, which I think is pretty impressive. It wouldn't, get, it wouldn't bring you to, if there was a treasure, it wouldn't bring you to the treasure uh, because you would need a, a detailed map, which uh, I, I think they didn't have in the 17th century. But it would, it, if you knew all the information, it could get you close. Yes. So you're getting close, and then you happen upon an island that has a giant stone cross uh, embedded into it, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's Well, that was my reasoning. You know, you, there's, a, there's a cross there that has five stones, but you mm-hmm. only need four to make a cross. So what is the fifth stone doing there? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I thought maybe the fifth stone is intended to position your pentagram. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I mapped it, and uh, well, the, the, the rest you can see on television. And then in the end, we, uh, when we combined forces, uh, we uh, we looked at a self-portrait of uh, of Poussin uh, from 1650. We sent okay. you a little video in which we uh, uh, documented uh, our thought process uh, to get to that point that's been on television so much. Yeah, there you go. So this is Shepherds of Arcadia second mm-hmm. version and in a minute you will see uh, uh, the pentagram appear which is actually larger than the painting itself okay this would be a good time yeah good there you go and then we looked for the center of this pentagram and it centers exactly on venus's 
third eye, her Bindu point. That's the eye that sees stuff that's beyond ordinary perception. And then we looked at a self-portrait of Poussin from 1650. And hey, a pentagram connects his eyes to a pyramid-shaped onyx ring and the third eye in the headdress of this woman that we think is Venus from the Shepherds of Arcadia. Wow. Very cool. So why do you believe this to be Venus? Like what was the, you see her and what says she's Venus? <laughs> that, that, that was a later insight. I think in the war room, we actually said she was Athena, right, Chris? Uh, we may have, yes, but yeah. with the uh, pentagonal geometry going on, uh, we know that's a strong indicator of Venus. Okay. That is one of her signs okay. uh, throughout history. So, yeah, I'm uh, looking at it when the show's going on. I'm like, what is Is that Mary mm -hmm. or something? You know, it's like, right. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, the point you can never know. I mean, uh, Poussin didn't put titles on them, he didn't tag them. Uh, yeah. But uh, given the pentagram, we thought Venus was the most likely candidate. Yeah, well, yeah. I like that. That, that, mm -hmm. that sounds really good. Plus, you know, with the connections you made as far as, you know, I, I really like the Venus, Earth, um, uh, you know, the sun kind of lining up in five different ways, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that that's pretty compelling stuff. It's yeah. amazing. Huh? Yeah. yeah, it is. Here, do you got to like, can you pull that image up? I pull this yeah. one. Yeah, pull it up because we were just talking about that stuff. So we uh, here we have an image that you guys sent in that has uh, yeah. both versions of Venus. We have Poussin and then his ring. What's uh, the significance of the ring? Is that just something to orient it with so that you can get the lines in the right places? <laughs> we think it's a, it's, it's a Masonic reference, I think. Okay. Yeah. It is a, a pyramid ring. Uh, he's obviously displaying it uh, prominently. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's there on it's there for a purpose and, uh, yeah it's it's to mark mark one of the angles of the pentagram we believe yeah so and that that headdress is just so so odd it that is eyeball odd. <laughs> i mean it it is what it is it's not it, it can't mm -hmm. be like uh something you think well maybe it's just a weird fold in the fabric but no that's like legit an eyeball no then, that's an eye yeah. and you can also see that yeah. venus is embraced you mm -hmm. need to embrace venus yeah. uh -huh. Okay, yeah, yeah, see that. And in the in the painting, she's resting one hand on one of the shepherds. Mm, yes. And um, he's dressed in red. We, we think there may be some planetary aspects to this as well. We know that Mars is uh, is the red planet. Is, and yeah. Venus and Mars do have some do have some romantic history in, in the mm -hmm. in the Greek uh, mythology. Very cool. All right. Wow. So um, beyond the show and beyond um, you know, what we're seeing here, I, I actually I haven't myself done any background on this. So it, what is this? Um, who, who is this like a tomb for a specific uh, shepherd that we or is it unnamed or what do we know about this tomb? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, we don't know. That's the big mystery. Who is in the tomb? Yeah, we don't uh, know. You, you mentioned the shadow before. Uh, mm -hmm. which a lot of art historians say that that is a sickle or a scythe mm. uh, representing the, the sickle of death. Yeah. And yeah. so that would go along with the motto on the tomb. Uh, even in Arcadia, uh, death is present. Even in paradise, you still have death. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's one interpretation. Uh, you, say, you say sickle, and I'm looking at it, and now I can't unsee it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah once like, once you notice. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, there's been a lot of there's a lot of talk about that, a lot written about that, because the song is a master, and mm -hmm. uh, according to a lot of art critics, uh, it's a terrible shadow. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's not well done <laughs> at all. It doesn't match the angle of the hand. It doesn't match the shape of the hand. So it's it's there for another purpose. Yeah, uh, if he's a master and he's using um, you know, that kind of shape on something, uh, it's a per there's a purpose behind it. So yeah, I yeah, see that everything was on purpose here. Yeah. yeah, so like you know, we we think about all this art and stuff uh, that was painted all these centuries ago. We don't even it it was a completely different world. Like you can't uh, overstate that enough. Um, you know. Like nowadays, people that are young watching Oak Island and stuff, they're, you know, they're into their phones and their iPads and stuff. These guys didn't have anything even close to uh, that kind of anything to keep them entertained. So everything that they did when they're working like this had must have great purpose. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to imagine you know, people were just as clever as we were. They just had different tools and they lived in a different time. Yeah. But they, you know, they had all the time in the world. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. and and uh, they just use their brains. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Deidre was into like she studied some art history. And yeah, so she's always been into this kind of stuff, and it's brand new to cool. me. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, cool. You know, I'm like I'm literally I don't know anything about art. So. I, yeah, we. I mean, I kind of explained to him about like what you had mentioned with X-rays. We've seen that this is very much a traditional way and for masters to be composing their pictures and their paintings and laying them out with these angles that are already drawn in, right? As an apprentice, you would have learned these skills and would have seen that in the back of these paintings. So it's not yeah. out of any, it's not a stretch of the imagination here to have proof that whether a pentagram or whatever, triangles are going to be laid within them and that's one of the things that right? da vinci didn't do that we didn't we don't see the, that in a lot of his stuff but we see it in other works of art do. so yeah. which is why he's been so intriguing we've seen writing yeah. about him and also, and also the anagrams eh? like uh chris just explained uh, of the the shakespeare plaque in the holy trinity church um the sentence at in Arcadia ego, uh, which we think represents a pentagram because of the uh, the substitution cipher, mm -hmm. um, could also be uh, an anagram. Uh, um, it could be itego arcana dei, be gone. I conceal the secrets of God, uh, or it could be jita neo Arcadia, go on an excursion to new Arcadia. Um, and you know, people use this these sort of you know secrets uh, to communicate with each other in yes. a time that they didn't have encryption uh, or secure landlines or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Bacon did it, Poussin did it, uh, many, many uh, artists uh, did it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, I think it's quite plausible uh, that there are messages in there. So, um, yeah. yeah, so Deidre and I, we do some treasure hunting. And yeah. we just, I like, I, what I would like to impress upon people is that, because uh, like people just watching it, they're like, yeah, I mean, I could rearrange those words into anything I want, you know, and you, you know, but you can't <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah, it's not, you it's can. not like that. And then back in the day, so 
like like teacher like what i was saying earlier we did this uh, treasure hunt that was like based around all a lot of this egyptian stuff mm -hmm. and uh you know they had to have a way to hide stuff and in plain sight because like you said there's no encryption nothing like that so there has to be a way to figure out um on the person that's supposed to find its end uh, what it means mm -hmm. and uh i just like in my brain i'm thinking to myself that's something that needs to be impressed upon things like this because uh with the research that we've done with these uh armchair treasure hunts mm -hmm. is what we uh look at uh it's legit like it's something that completely makes sense to me but i just on tv it's hard to bring that across you mm -hmm. know? it's it's true especially yeah. if they uh you know if you do a, a three hour war room and they cut it back to five minutes i know right? uh then you know david mcbride they calls you a crackpot uh <laughs> but uh uh, yeah, that's I guess that's the risk of the uh, of the trade. But everybody who's played uh, Uncharted on the PlayStation uh, mm -hmm. knows uh, how exciting uh, this can be, and uh, that these messages uh, can be very real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've never played it, but yeah. I understand it because that's kind of like a sort of. I can a, recommend it, dude. <laughs> it's an archaeology game, right? Or like not? I mean, it's like an action adventure game, but a lot of archaeology and um, uh, whatnot. Yeah, and it's kind of like a. Indiana Jones ish, right? Yeah, a bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so regarding the uh, anagrams, mm -hmm. uh, like you said, there is a danger in that. But uh, so, unless it's something that's relatable to what's going on there, uh, unless there's other evidence to, to back up the anagram that you found, then uh, yeah, there is a danger of, of yeah. being accused yeah, so you of making sort of it would need qualifiers. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. exactly, which I, I think we've done. Oh yeah. Well, if you're, like I said, like if you're looking at something that's trying to get a message across that is supposed to be hidden, uh, anagram is a good way to do it. You know, it just, it mm -hmm. is. So, especially if you've got a confirmer, right. You know, you have whatever it, exactly. it and yeah. we know that secret messages, I mean, Mary Queen of Scots is known for like delivering these messages using different codes and ciphers and traditionally i mean biblically uh the most common book printed was going to be a bible right and most everybody's going to have the same edition so what are you yeah. going to be carrying around with you most likely you're going to have easy access to a bible so you saw a lot of codes that were you know what well, do i want to say codes. book codes <laughs> that yeah, could mm -hmm. if you know what verses or such you're working off of create a hidden message but the person on the receiving end needs to have that so right. I, I i really i agree impress upon impress upon impressing <laughs> i'm making up words people yeah. that this really it's not any stretch of the imagination mm -hmm. but because this was done back then. I mean, we want encrypted stuff now. We wanted to hide our secrets then too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Complete sense. All right. So this, what Absolutely. The, the image that we have on the screen now is the first of the Shepherds of Arcadia. Is that right? This is the second version. Oh, the second. Oh, two. Shepherds two. Okay. Can you pull up the other one, mm -hmm. please? All right. So we have on go. the the uh, shepherds of Arcadia, and then on the right is the uh, what is this one called with Midas? Is that right? 
This is uh, Midas washing uh, at the source of the river Pactolus. Uh, this is about the uh, 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 the old uh, uh, is that a myth? I think is the word of uh, King Midas, um, yeah. who made a deal with uh, the god Dionys uh, Dionysus. I never know the, the words of these gods in English. Uh, right. but, uh, every everything he uh, he touched would turn to gold, uh, which was fantastic until he tried to have breakfast and uh, kiss his daughter. Um, so he uh, tried to get rid of the curse, and uh, the god told him, "Go wash yourself in the river Pactolus." From that moment on, uh, the river turned into a gold river, uh, and uh, he got rid of his curse. Gotcha. And these these paintings were painted together as pendants, so these were intended mm -hmm. to hang together on someone's wall. They are tied together by the river god. So you, uh, uh, on the left, you see the old fellow in the bottom right corner. Uh, the same guy is on the right painting. Uh, yeah. See it that he's a little bit younger. He's feeding the underground stream. And in the mm. background, these uh, shepherds are looking at this tomb and pointing at the same inscription at in Arcadia Ego. That's really cool. Yeah, you know, when uh, when I first saw this, like when they showed this on the show, the uh, one with uh, Midas, I thought Midas was the guy on the rock. Like I was like, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> but no, now okay, it no. makes more sense suddenly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. My, my, Midas is the guy who forgot his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, you need to cover up a bit. But. Yeah, gee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, so this would be Dionysus in both of these images, probably. Um, no, I don't. I think he's the river god. No, he's uh, not, yeah. In the Greek mythology, uh, almost all of the rivers were personified by a, a god. Mm -hmm. So they, these are our two river gods. Gotcha. They may so be I, the same. Too. Yeah, I just mm -hmm. know that he's like uh, probably Deidre's favorite because he's like also the god of wine, right? Yeah, wine. <laughs> Dionysus. Oh yeah. yeah, very useful god. I, yeah, my right. favorite. Also, <laughs> I got priorities. Okay. Yeah. Right. So one Very question good. I have about this um, Gold River. So this was painted what in the 1620s? 1619, yeah. 1617, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So like I don't know, it, the Gold River in Nova Scotia near Oak Island wasn't probably discovered yet, or was it? Or like, it I was mean, there. It it was a gold-bearing river. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some people on uh, uh, in Nova Scotia told me it actually used to be called the Gould River, G O U L D. Okay. Uh, presumably named after a family that lived at the mouth of the river. Other That's people have told me, yeah, it's interesting, but you don't know. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. We know there was gold in the river. We know uh, people prospected there very very early. Yeah. Um, uh, the natives or uh, the local uh, uh, people, uh, the Micmac, uh, must have known there was gold in there. I'm not sure they uh, they knew what to do with it. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So, like, so, okay, so one of your guys is like, what you think could be on the island uh, as far as treasure would be the Ark of the Covenant, right? That's um, that's what was presented in the show, and that's what we hope is there too. At least, me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, if that's the case then it would have been hidden on Oak Island. Uh, you know, if, if the uh, Templars came to hide it or whatever, um, it would have been before Poussin would have painted these things, theoretically. Yes, yes. And so he yeah. would, if he knew that information of what was being hidden, 
like what had been hidden at that point, uh, you know, then it makes more sense looking at this, these mm -hmm. stuff, because when we're watching the show, what part of the, uh, part of what we don't get in, um, in my thinking is we don't get, um, okay. So a lot of stuff they found last year that they've been highlighting is all from the 1700s. And when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, oh, Poussin, or Poussin did his work in the 1600s. How does mm -hmm. that even correlate? But then you got to really consider, okay, well, maybe because this keeps going back further and further, you know, like what they did in the swamp. They're like, oh, this could have been like 10 or 1100 AD, you know? So it's just, it's hard mm -hmm. piecing it all together in our brain. And then, like you said, we only get five minutes of you guys, you know, telling us about your stuff. So it's hard to uh, wrap our minds around it. And they got so much stuff going on in this um treasure hunt that it's hard to follow some of the lines sometimes mm -hmm. you know, you know no, I, mean? I can imagine i can imagine you know i, I don't believe the ark mm -hmm. of the covenant is buried on oak island um mm. i never said that but uh somehow in the editing room uh they uh, uh they, they, man they managed to uh to get that out of my mouth which is okay i mean i mean we've been treated like royalty on the island so you, you will never hear me say a bad word I, I love them to bits all of them and they need to make television so that's cool yeah um i do believe i don't not sure who's gonna uh, uh still take me serious after today but i i do believe that there's a chance uh templars made it to north america mm -hmm. uh as part of my research i uh, i went to the original sources uh when the templars were arrested in 1307 uh, they were interrogated by the inquisition there are records from the french interrogations uh, in poitiers in france and there are records from the English interrogations uh, in Scotland. Um, in France, um, uh, it was recorded that um, Gerard de Villiers, who was the master of France, the preceptor of France, escaped with some 50 horses and allegedly the treasure uh, uh, towards a place where a fleet would be waiting for him to, uh, to escape. Now, people say he uh, uh testify that under pressure uh might not be true what is known is that nothing was ever heard again of gerard de villiers the financial treasure of the uh, uh of the uh knights templar most probably ended up in the coffers of the french king you can see uh the balances uh, go up it's fairly well documented that amounts of money came in after the arrest of the templars now if you read um the 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 testimony, for example, of William of Middleton, who was an English Templar. He says the moment, and you have to imagine in, uh, in England, Scotland, things happened a little bit later uh, than they did in France because you know there was the distance and the news and the orders took a while to travel. Um, William of Middleton says the moment that we heard that our brothers were arrested on the mainland, uh, some of us threw off their habits and we fled, and it says in Latin, ultra mare, ultra mare, over the sea. Mm. Um, so where could you flee from Scotland? You could flee back to the continent. You could go, be, uh, perhaps go to Outremer, which was the Holy Land. Uh, but both the mainland and Jerusalem, after the, uh, 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 the orders of uh, Philip IV to arrest everybody, wouldn't have been a safe place. And then if you know that the, the sea route from Scotland to North America had been known since the year 1000, you know, Life Erickson reached Newfoundland in the year 1000. 
You know, mm -hmm. the, the, that is something that is, I think today is no longer historically disputed. So you had a group of Norsemen who lived on the Orkney Islands in the north of Scotland, who sailed from the Orkneys to Iceland, to Greenland, to Newfoundland, and they say all the way down to Delaware. Uh, uh, so it's, I don't think it's such an enormous stretch. If, you're, if your life is in danger and you are, you know, 20, 30 able, strong guys who have money, who have ideas, who have a belief uh, and who want to either save something, save your own life, save your, your family, your children, I don't think it's such a big stretch to think that you go on a boat and sail to North America where, where you know you will be safe from the church. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, people can say this was never recorded anywhere, it's never documented, so it's impossible. Uh, yeah, I mean, would, would you <laughs> write this down yeah. and save it for a later? And, and, you know, if you would arrive in North America, you know, the first, your first priority wouldn't be to make paper and, and record, hey, I've, I was just on a boat and I sailed, uh, you know, for six weeks <laughs> and I got, re I got really sick. Uh, but then uh, now I'm in let's North America. Let's tweet everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's tweet. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I met uh, Ian Spooner when, when I was on the island uh, at lunch with him. I was completely blown away uh, by his uh, by his findings, and uh, you know his his datings do strongly support uh, a, a Templar theory. Uh, and then the rest, uh, you know, if there was a secret that originated with the Templars or much earlier, that was during you know the course of the centuries documented by by the likes of Poussin by Francis Bacon and uh, a group of Rosicrucians. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very well imaginable that we're all discussing the same secret that's carried through through the ages and which has something to do with Oak Island. Is it what is there a menorah, the Ark of the Covenant? I have no idea. I'd be very surprised if something would be uh, would be buried there still. But uh, boy, would I love to see it come out of the ground. Us too. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's... Uh, Sorry for the long monologue. That was great. We, I loved it. You know, yeah, seriously. You know, so, like, you kind of explain it, you know, really elegantly there with, you know, the reasoning behind uh, why there could be no records. You know, that, uh, you know, as curious humans, we want there to be some kind of proof and a paper trail, but when there's no paper and you're fleeing for your life, what you just said makes exactly sense. Mm -hmm. You're in witness protection. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You got to just get out of time, right? And if you don't want people to know, you wouldn't write it down. Yeah, you just go yeah. and uh, save your life. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. I say in the past, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So mm -hmm. if... I don't write it down. You don't know where I am. But you know, if you, if you want to keep a secret, <laughs> if you want to keep a secret, keep it secret. Uh, so yeah. I, I got that question a lot mm -hmm. after the show. So why why did Poussin record the secret? Uh, you know, I think because someone asked him to, uh, mm -hmm. and it had to be someone who had to be able to read all the signs and the symbology. And I don't think he told everything. Mm -hmm. So you could yeah. get so, sort of close, you know, within two, three miles of the spot. And then, uh, you know, you would look around and see a lot of trees. Mm -hmm. uh, frustrating. Mm -hmm. for that and he was not the first to uh, mm -hmm. to create a painting with Etienne Arcadia Ego on it. Uh, oh, okay. Or Sino was the uh, first before him. Uh, this, this phrase, and I think the idea behind it, had been around for a little while uh, prior to these paintings as well. Exactly. Yep. 
I think there's a tradition there. And we think probably this was something that was done in stages over time. Mm -hmm. That would make so to me, because I was thinking, are these all these pieces, are they were they commissioned works for someone or was things that he did himself? Because they were commissioned. Okay. So then whoever commissioned, do they, I mean, we work on you know, treasure hunts and one of them that we do, there's an artist who did the paintings and then someone that wrote uh, the poems. poems or the verses that go with these. Okay. Yeah. And within that, you have to pair whatever this piece of writing is. Hopefully you've got the right one with hopefully the right yeah. Yeah. Like would divide yeah. this right yeah, we wouldn't put all of our secrets into one painting to get you there and even then the artist only knew pieces of it he was given polaroids of hey this this and this need to be included or whatever his dossier if you will of things that should be in there do you think that could be similar to what happened with Poussin being delivered here, I need you to include these in this commissioned piece of work. And he didn't, he himself didn't necessarily know what he was putting together. Or he just didn't know where the X marks the spot would have been. Like he, maybe he even knew that mm -hmm. it, would, it would lead to some, something valuable or some knowledge or whatever. But it's just that um, since he only had, you know, three quarters of the pieces of puzzle. To, mm -hmm. Or even half. Or, yeah, to, to get his point across or what was supposed to be mm -hmm. got, got across. The other half is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, in the end, you never know. Uh, the sentence mm -hmm. at in Arcadia, Ego, was first used by Gruccino, like Chris says, mm -hmm. uh, commissioned by uh, Cosimo II, uh, the Medici, uh, mm -hmm. the Tuscan uh, Grand Duke. Mm -hmm. Um, Poussin, but he would have been a good painter to commission something to. He was someone that worked alone, which was very unusual at the time. Uh, but also, you know, he was, by the time he made this, already so famous that he, he could really choose what commission that he took. Uh, so he could be picky and he was free in the subjects, uh, uh, how, he, how he painted it. Um, so there's a fair chance he didn't know everything, but if you look at, the, at the, what we showed you, the 1650 self-portrait, and yeah. the symbology behind that, I mean, it does at least suggest that he knows that he knew very well what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Since you bring up the the Medici, uh, the, the Medici family, yeah, yeah, they were known for that. They were patrons uh, of uh, Botticelli, mm -hmm. of Da Vinci, of Michelangelo, mm -hmm. and uh, it's pretty fairly well documented that that they would. Um, like you said, they would suggest the sub subject matter and uh, have the greatest artist of their era paint them. Mm -hmm. uh, I've also I've read in a couple of places that they would also have these paintings done during certain astrological alignments. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like they were creating a magical talisman, a snapshot of a moment in time, yeah. and at the same time putting some putting their secrets into the, the painting and putting a little bit of something mystical in there as well. That's cool. Yeah, and you have to, uh, Cosimo's tutor was uh, Galileo. Uh, he financed him uh, pretty much all his life. And you also have to imagine all these, this was a small group of people. They, they're, 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 there, were, there were less people in the world altogether, 
uh, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, people with power there there weren't too many of them and they all knew each other so yeah. um uh Poussin, uh knew uh, the richelieu and louis the 13th uh and uh, uh the people in the vatican and you know, this was a, a relatively small circle of people uh, that's really neat yeah and i appreciate mm -hmm. dj bringing up the connection with uh, one of the treasure hunts that we are talking that we do because <laughs> it's just like it's not the same whatsoever but it's just like a modern example of a possibility of kind of the same kind of thing going mm -hmm. on and so even it's if, the same thing yeah yeah it's the same kind of thing and it's just mm -hmm. you know more modern mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's pretty neat uh, i mean it just goes to show as humans were were curious and still and looking for these codes and these secrets but this was just done in a very different time of course you know you're going to be thinking about astrological signs and yeah. you, you've got more time to ponder the universe versus uh play on google maps or yeah but every and, and, you know it, the like the stars were such a focus in you know you know in lots of things in life you mm -hmm. know it's just it was ever present mm -hmm. so do you guys have anything else you want to talk about as far as uh, Busan goes, um, or should we move on to some of the stuff uh, uh, on the show again? Because um, I want to ask about the follow-up of uh, you guys' visit, because um, on the first episode that um, that Corian was on, we had him make his presentation, and then immediately, it seems, uh, we have Steve Guptill, mm -hmm. and we got Tony Sampson, and who else is there? Rick, yeah, and Rick were all out doing uh, out of the swamp yep. doing a survey, a GPR survey with uh, Don Johnston, yep. Steve Watson, mm -hmm. and so um, I mean, on your end, how did that feel to know that they like it, it, at least on our end, it looked immediately like they followed up with uh, yeah, like they theory. dropped everything. Yeah. Let's go scan the swamp. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I saw that on television. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to ask if you yeah. were there. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I think, to be honest, I think we, uh, they were very interested, but I think uh, after we did the war room together, mm -hmm. so we spent like, uh, I think, four days on the island, uh, in which we did uh, both did war rooms, and then we did uh, one together, which was like half an hour before my uh, before I had to leave uh, to catch my plane. Wow. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, that was a very uh, stressy uh, situation, but it went very well. And that, then, then we really knew we had sparked uh, their interest. Uh, um, you know, around the eye of the swamp, and it was, it was fantastic uh, uh, yeah. to see on television what they what they actually did there. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. what a thrill to actually get a hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing when something uh, uh, comes together, and when you're doing a scan, like they say it in the money pit, sometimes when something should be there, and then you find something, that's got to be a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that really was. Yeah, very gratifying. And, and for the for the point that we uh, discovered together, mm -hmm. I mean, they really followed up. So uh, we got a call, I think, on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, you know, can you uh, uh, can you uh, do a war room tonight because we have something exciting uh, uh, to share? And that's uh, when they told us uh, that right on the spot they had, uh, unearthed this huge stone uh, in the swamp, uh, which. Uh, uh, Oh, it's very very cool to see if you now see Steve Gobdell's map on the show. It says Arcadia Point, so yeah. that's our uh, that's our oh, yeah. stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yep. that, that was pretty exciting, and uh, I think the jury's still out on what that is, and uh, you know uh, what they're going to find there. 
Yeah. You guys uh, got a little claim to fame there with uh, something being named after you. It's like a long, uh, like a long line of uh, things being named after people. Like we have Billy's wall out in the yeah. Smith's Cove. Right. You know, we, um, you've made it onto steve's map that's a big deal that is a big deal yeah steve is such a he's such a fantastic guy what a great guy yeah so many nice things to say about us that was good oh man steve don't i hope if you're watching uh i hope you'll forgive me but i've been working with him for a day and then it took me like two days to 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 understand that he was actually part of the team so I thought he was uh, no, he, he was a guy helping out. He had this amazing cat model of the island. So uh, and he, he was he was tremendous. Oh, you uh, know, and then yeah, that's la funny. later I I realized that oh bloody hell, this is actually this is D Steve Gupta from the Oak Island. Steve, if you're looking at the, you know, yeah, I'm, I apologize. We love you, Steve. <laughs> he was so generous with it, with his time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he's he's incredibly busy. And, and yeah. we were just throwing question after question. And, and, and could you map this? Could you do this? Could you diagram that? He was just just so friendly and calm about it and, and nice and so generous with his time. What a great guy. Everybody was. We, we really felt like family up there. And we talked to Steve a couple of weeks ago. We did an interview with him. And he had uh, some very nice things to say about y'all as well. So, yes. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah, he, he's yeah, cool. He's, He's uh he was somebody that was severely needed on the island. Oh, so know? bad. Um, yes. Like I think they probably had surveyors and whatnot, but they really brought him on the team at the end of the prior season. And I think he is, you know, invaluable. Steve <laughs> Mathis does mm -hmm. it. Like he's, he's got a big stick. <laughs> he has <Yeah>. a big stick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I, I, yeah. TMI, TMI. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, we uh, we saw a picture of you having a lunch or dinner in the uh, at uh, the Mug and Anchor with uh, yeah, like Billy and Steve yeah. and Gary Drayton. A little jealous. The brother Rick and Marty. So how did that go? Was pretty sweet. That was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. It was Amazing. nice to relax, and uh, and just. Be very casual with everyone for me the, the war room was was very stressful <laughs> you know cameras go on and yeah. suddenly you're there uh but to sit back and, and have a beer with these guys uh, what a wonderful experience and just to tell you how really how great these guys are they're, it's a long day they're all exhausted and they're finally sitting down to get something to eat and they're just inundated with fans coming up to take pictures and talk to them and uh, never a bad word to say. Always so gracious. Stand up, take the pictures, talk to them, shake hands, sign anything. Uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful guys. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That was a fantastic night. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we discussed Oak Island too much. It was just about mm -hmm. stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Gary, who remembered a number of uh, words uh, in Dutch that I won't repeat uh, on air. Uh, you know, we had a beer, we had a laugh, and like like Chris says, you know, the, the number I can't I can't remember how many times Marty had to go on a on a picture with someone with someone, but uh, their patience is just uh, endless. And it, it was fantastic to uh, to to meet Billy and talk to him. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, a fantastic night. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, that, that their whole team is just mm -hmm. 
special, you know, like it's just, they all come together, they get the work done. They, uh, you know, they call themselves the fellowship of the dig. So, I mean, and that's what they truly say they are. Mm-hmm. And they are. I believe and, what, it. and during yeah. the day on the Island, they actually work. There's a big, big <laughs> yeah. team on the Island and they're, they're, they're actually busy. You know, my, my wife asks me, uh, you know, uh, then how come if they've been there for like seven years, you know, how how is it possible that they didn't turn every stone on the island and find it? But they're actually incredibly busy with all these projects and they are indeed exhausted uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. uh, and then it's, it's good to sit back and have a drink together. And then yeah. that's that's when you see the bond and that these guys are really close to their friends. And it was fantastic to be part of that for a couple of days. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. next uh, <clears throat> next season they may begin the, mm. the big dig at the Money Pit, mm. so that's pretty exciting as a from a viewer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. Are Ooh. you looking forward to that, or are you just more about the swamp? No, uh, I would love to see that. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm of the mind that there's there, there's multiple locations there. Mm. I don't think they put all their eggs in one basket. So yeah. the swamp, Money Pit, a couple of other areas I'd like to see. And uh, yeah, yeah, so, look uh, everywhere, leave no stone unturned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a, a lot going on there, and they're really smart about you know where they're digging, you know, doing the research to make the best use of their time, right? You would think after so many years, mm-hmm. they yeah, may, maybe we'd turn up a gold shiny thing, but. Mm-hmm. Digging for buried treasure is really hard. Yeah, we try to especially when it moves. Like yeah. now we have this smooth clay yeah. and things are liquid and there's the island is changing. Like it's just and, and yeah. the people who put it there didn't want you to find it in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and it's hard, it's horrible. There's mosquitoes, there's uh, nasty plants. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yes. that's kind of like alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, um, something we ask all of our uh, guests is about. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Amazing Race uh, TV show. Uh, how do you feel you would do on the Amazing Race together? <laughs> <laughs> I've you never seen it. I have no idea. I oh, thought it'd be very bad. You need <laughs> to see it. Yeah, it's a fun show. It's a it's a show where put it, on my list. It's like yeah. a game show where people do a race around the world and. Um, at different uh, intervals, people will be eliminated until there's one or three teams left that yeah. race to the finish line, and they okay. literally race around the world. And I think uh, I think you guys might be fun on the show. <laughs> okay, we'll guess. give it a try. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm up for it, but I'm, I'm not too. Uh, you gotta be smart. I'm more, I'm more slow and steady, though. I, I don't know how quick I'd be. Korean's <laughs> very fast, though. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm more of going fast and forget half of it. Yeah. You're the perfect team. Yeah. So you're both you're two <laughs> in coin, and then you could uh, give a piggyback to Chris across the finish line. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, uh, Anytime. Yeah. All right. Um, so, this one final thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So Rick and Marty, you've already talked to about them a lot. I just wanted to say again that um, you guys made a real impression on yeah. Rick and Marty because you guys had come back. You know, you weren't just in the one episode. And then we later saw Chris in the Shakespeare special, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, you guys, you guys made a good impression. Uh, they 
typically don't uh, have people keep coming back. Um, I just want to say like, like, wow, because uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be Marty. Especially Marty. Marty doesn't want anything to do with the swamp. He's a skeptic anyway. You guys uh, seem to have got under his skin to where you uh, in a good way, not yeah. a weird, oh, creepy yeah, sorry, way. Sorry. Like, in a good way. You're, got you got under his skin. No, no, no. You guys got <laughs> his attention. Yeah. How about that? You guys got his attention, and that's that's pretty big when it concerns the swamp. Mm-hmm. And then you guys found some, there's some stuff to be found in the swamp. So hopefully, we'll see you next year. Well, thank you. Well. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah we, it was really a thrill. And, uh, yeah, well, we we hope to see more of you guys on the show. I mean, it would be unprecedented to have somebody ask back again. Uh, but I mean, who knows, right? So fingers crossed on our end. But you if guys- they do, just be yeah. like, there's some really awesome podcasters you should know. Yeah. <laughs> they would yeah. love to come out there with you and just you know help a whole thing. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely. Just I'm just throwing Maybe it out. Maybe you be like there. A, the the uh, water person. You'll bring like uh, water yeah. bottles to the guys. Done. Like, I, here, I'll, here, I'll, catch. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever like it takes. I mean, that's it. We are not doing this without you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and get them writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we miss anything? You guys uh, have anything else you'd like to say? You know, one other thing, I guess, uh, misconceptions. <laughs> what is there like a biggest misconception that you guys would want to touch upon about your theory? Oh, about our theory. Um, yeah, we've already discussed it. I think that yeah. we, we never said the ark was uh, buried in the swamp. Yeah, that uh, would be nice. <laughs> but, uh, oh, it would be cool. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> it would be. You know, maybe it is. But yeah, no, we. I don't think we've. Uh, that wasn't part of our theory at all. We mentioned no. the ark, we mentioned the swamp, but uh, we didn't put them together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, right on. No, I just feel, uh, you know, privileged you know, to be here <laughs> talking to you, to to have been on this show, and I never realized, you know, what an impact uh, it has when you're, you know, when your ugly mug is on television. Uh, in, uh, in, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. You guys yeah. are... You're good-looking guys. Don't yeah, say, you're good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking um, so, hey, um, we are going to my avatar is up, not me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, not the real me. <laughs> yeah. So we will wrap it up now. We just want to say uh, thank you so much mm-hmm. for uh, being, uh, you know, on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, Corian is a, a musician. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to, um, for our podcast version, we're going to uh, do an outro with uh, one of his songs. So exactly. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, for, uh, you know. Well, I, I think I mentioned it to you. But, um, yeah, I mean, we uh, we just want to thank you for being a part of this mm-hmm. whole crazy thing and for uh, giving us uh, a bunch of your time. So really Exactly. Hopefully we'll be able to have you back again. In the future. Yes. You're so really welcome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Right, thank you so much for your time. Have a good evening. Okay. Thank you. And day. And day or you know, whatever time it is. <laughs> Take care. Follow me into the storm and take in the view and the sight. Feel how your senses are on. Intensified. Follow the wind and the roar Embrace for the pool of the 
the sky Feel the emotions boil up 